Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This week's episode of Butcher's Breakaway is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Could not do without you. We will be redoing some of our Patreon bonuses in the coming weeks, and we are open to suggestions. Feel free to Twitter us or anything. Email us something. Let us know. But I have some things I'm, I'm looking to do, and we talk in our actually Patreon bonus today with Brian Wiltanik about some things we might do, and along with some other topics. Anywho, new project coming next week. I hope you guys are going to absolutely love it. It's going to be sponsoring the podcast for a few weeks. And, uh, I don't know, maybe you guys can take part in it. We'll see about that. All right, I really look forward to sharing that with you guys. But today, actually, is a very fun podcast. Greg starts the show by talking about uh, some love drama he has for the first 10 minutes. Then we get into a serious discussion about John Davidson. Some of the best off-season Ranger content you could ever have. Then Brian Wotanik joins us, and we go into some nonsense with also some hockey talk. Honestly, one of my favorite podcasts we've done in a while, and I feel like we've been killing it lately. Self-brag, humble brag, whatever you want to call it, and some five-star questions. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, whatever you want to do. Let's start the show. Hey, Bushwick Breakout fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, as always, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, also, as always, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. I have a story. Yeah, you told, me you, right had, it. you told me you had a story. So this week, you're revealing something that I don't know, and next week, I'll be revealing something that you don't know. So you're going to go first. There was a chance that I was going to save this for the uh, overtime, mm-hmm. but it, it's too top of mind. I want to get it out of the way early. Let's go. So, we're very similar with girls, you and I. Well, uh, this is you, a girl story. A little... Okay, hold on. Yeah, you Before pick... you go on, thanks everyone for tuning into a New York Rangers <laughs> podcast. Uh, we talk about the New York Rangers exclusively on the Volusia's Breakaway every single week. Uh, for right now, we're going to talk a little bit about personal stuff, but I promise we talk more New York Rangers hockey than any other outlet on the internet. Maybe banter is close, but it's probably us. And we're probably going, I think we're going on banter next week, a little bit plug for that. Anyway, Gregory, you were talking about the Rangers. Go on. Anyway, so like the Rangers, I, I don't have a lot of rules. I don't, I don't practice a lot of rules, but there, there are a couple I follow. One of them is respect the ring, right? Right. right. Don't, don't and, fuck around with a married woman. Yeah, and, that, that's, and play against men. Right. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, uh, it's one thing if you don't know if the girl's married or not, right? Like you just meet her out. You don't know the backstory. You learn of it later. That's fine. I will say but I do love th- a good surprise, Greg. But yeah, go on. Right. No, it's great. It's great. It's great. Anyway, uh, generally speaking, I respect the ring. It, it's really simple. It's, it's something that doesn't get you into any trouble. It's universally respected. Um, that leads me to this. So I'm I've talked of frightened. I've talked of this. I've talked of this girl <laughs> who's the love of my life. Uh, you guys may know her as Tara. Everybody knows her as Tara. But what you don't know, Ryan, is that there was a girl before Tara. What? And she was this is the a, one. This is truly Legi- a revelation for me. I actually did not know this. Yeah, legitimately the one. Uh, had been in love with her since like, like sophomore year of college. Wow, we are very through. and in fact we are very similar men. There were t- 
there were times while I was dating Tara that I was like, yeah, no, I'm basically dating you because she was unattainable at the moment. Are and we the same person that we haven't talked about this? We, we might be. <laughs> oh, this is we disgusting. Uh, Keep going. Anyway, anyway, uh, she, who we will call Meg, because that is her name. Wow, we're uh, going full names on the Bushwick's break. She doesn't listen. I'm not worried about it. Anyway, until she gets Meg gets tagged. She's full on married. She's been married for a couple of years now. Something and husband. That's fine. It's well, his name is Brendan. He what? sounds like a good guy. <laughs> I mean, he's not me. Why but, are we like, dropping full names of everyone? <laughs> any, anyway, anyway, I can't believe we're anyway. gonna buy out Brendan Smith. Missing, Keep the, going. missing, the, missing the point. Yeah, missing the point I'm, of the story. I'm not. Here we um, go. I'm just doing a little banter. Meg, Meg and I, for the most part, we don't we don't really talk anymore. That makes right? sense. Because yep. we we just grew apart. She moved back to the Jersey Shore after college. I moved to Savannah. Really, really complicated. I was still dating Dara at that time, so it's not a whole. It was, it was a thing. This is anyway. Uh, recently, you you when you take a snap and you put it up as your story. I'm the psycho who always checks to see who's viewing my snap stories. Okay, I want to know who's creeping on the gray. I think that's, that's pretty my, common for people. Like I stopped yeah. using Instagram because and I and Snapchat pretty much because I didn't like doing that. I found myself creepy, but I get why you do it. Like I think everyone does yeah, it. No, I, I want to know. I want to know who's creeping on me. Yeah, I will say that there are times where I post a story just to see who's going to creep on like, me. Like who's day. who's checking uh, me out right now? Anyway, Meg Whoa. is routinely one of the first like six people that always check my stories. Think like it would be up for less than an hour, and I know I'll, I'll go to see who who's looked at it. It's like seven people have viewed your story, and she's always one of them. Thinking emoji. So that's I've always just found that a little interesting, but okay. that's fine. Anyway, it's progressed to the point where every now and then I will get a snap from her. And they're okay. all harmless. None of them are they're, – they're all PG. Yes. Um, occasionally, like, we're, t- we're talking, like, once every two months or something like that. And even more rarely, like, if she sends me a snap from a Philly game, I'll be like, ah, oh, fuck them. Because she's a, she's, a, she's a Phillies fan, a Flyers fan. Wait, hold I mean, on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is... yeah. Love of my life. No, love of my life. Hold is on. A we fan. have so much. I have a master's degree in psychology. We have so much to uh, dissect. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The per- the perfect woman for me is a Philly fan. Oh, that's a whole. That's like that's like seven months of therapy for me. Not oh my deal. god. Anyway, anyway, this weekend, she's on I think some bachelorette trip with one of her friends. Uh huh. And Saturday night, I got just a string of snaps. Now I'm assuming. That every snap she's sending me, she's sending just to everybody. Yeah, because, so like a mass snap, right? Yeah, and I just figured, oh, I, she'd probably just like send to all and I was on the list. No big deal, blah, blah, blah. But I got like two of them in a row. So after a certain point, I just – I wanted to test something. So I sent her a snap and it, it was as cool as I am. Saturday night, all had a long day of day drinking. So I'm in bed at 8 o'clock watching Bob's Burgers. So I just sent her a snap. Dark room, Bob's Burgers on the TV, yeah. some stupid cheesy line like, this is my life, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I got a snap back from her in like two minutes. And I was like, huh, yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, anyway, didn't think anything of it. Greg, I want to interrupt you. I am so yeah. torn to where this story is going. I just want to let you know, yeah. like, I know we're, we're five minutes and 46 seconds into this podcast. Lo- mm-hmm. Literally no Rangers talk, and I am torn, and I am, I am seriously out of attention. Keep going. Anyway. Go on Snapchat today because I realized I have a lot of snap streaks with, with a lot of people that I need to keep alive. Um, okay. So I go on today to send just the obligatory snaps to the people that I have streaks with. She's not someone I have 
a streak week. Again, okay. we don't snap that often. Yeah, you said every two but months. But when I'm, when I'm in there, when I'm, when I'm sending these snaps, I, I realized something that her, her name changed in my phone from her name to just her Snapchat name. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I clicked it. And it said, would you like to add this person as a friend? She blocked you. Yeah, no, but I thought about that for a second. And then I thought to myself, like, huh, would I have had to unfriend her in order to add her again? So for a second, I thought just like, oh, Snapchat, Snapchat's acting weird. No big deal. So I just hit add friend again. And boom, she pops up as her name again on my phone. Mm -hmm. Didn't think anything of it. And then I I sent her just like a dumb little message like, hey, did Snapchat, did you do... I was like, did you delete me as a friend? Yeah. What happened? Is this because Jay Bruce won player of the week? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Just some stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then close. I close Snapchat. Don't think anything of it. Get through the rest of my day at work. I get to the grocery store. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, I wonder if I wonder if she responded to that snap yet. So I open up my phone, and I immediately – it was blue when I sent the snap, which just means, like, pending, right? Yep. And I opened my phone up this time, and it said, it's great. It's great. You're fucked. Like, You're full blocked. Yeah, it says – Person will receive the snap when they add you out as a friend. And yeah. I go, wait a second. So here I have, I have a theory, Ryan. Okay. And now you're going you're gonna to buckle up for this theory. Okay. It's a theory or confirmed? I, I, to me, it's a theory. I haven't texted. I'm gonna, I'll text her tomorrow and I'll figure it out. I there, like how you're going you're, you're to follow up on this like a real reporter. Oh, 100%. This is the love of my life we're talking about. <laughs> if, if, she, if she wants to step out on her husband, fuck the ring. We'll talk about it. Anyway, uh, my theory is there's still something there. And now she's feeling guilty about it because she was sending me, again, seemingly harmless snaps all weekend. Oh, no. I think, there's, I, think there's, I think there's something there. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Because who, just, who, who would just unfriend someone that they weren't sending anything special to? It's not like I got anything fun. I got pictures of her hanging with her friends. Yeah. I think the last snap she sent me was of like a, a penis muffin. And I was just like. Explicit. Cool. PG. Um, I, I've been in that situation before, not yeah. with the love of my life. Um, still talk to her somehow like an idiot, but mm. that is a, that's a tough one. When you realize like it comes up like weird, you're like, Oh, that's weird. I don't know what's going on here. And then all of a sudden it's like blocked. It's like, well, I didn't do anything. I'm just I'm just here. I just exist. <laughs> I legit did it. I didn't send her like a, a direct message. I didn't send her any, I would have 100% understood it if I did something to step out on this. But in my head, I, this is someone that I know has like screwed me up mentally before in the past. You talked so about seven months of is, therapy. Yes. Yeah. She, my theory is she, she found someone who seems solid. Dude seems like a nice guy. I ain't stepping in on this. No fucking way. We tortured each other for years already. We're grown ups. We're 30 years old. I don't need to worry about it anymore. But now I'm thinking like, there's, there's this bitch. She hasn't forgotten about me. Now it's obvious. I, I This is my confirmation, basically. But yes, uh, to bring it all back, the love of my life, Ryan, is the biggest Philly fan I've ever met in my life and a huge Flyers fan as well. Wow. I thought... I, rem- I remember when, the, when it was is... Flyers-Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup final when we were in college. I just remember texting her being like, I hope you're fucking miserable. Like, I was really mean to her about it. That's unbelievable. And she loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so that was, that's my story, man. I'll tell you my story real quick. Okay. Uh, this Sunday's Father's Day. Okay. Anyway, let's uh, move on to the Rangers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's summer nonsense, everyone. We are one week away. This is kind of like, what would you say, an off week for the New York Rangers, where it's 
there's not really any stories coming out. Like, we're a week away from the week of the draft where we can all get excited and get giddy and talk about our Lord and Savior, Capo Caco. But before then, like, this is kind of the down week where, where there's a lot of non-stories. And, and we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup Final. Like, we won't, but everyone else will. The NBA Finals, etc. And the Rangers really have not too much going on. So we're going to talk no. about the news that you maybe missed uh, really quickly. Do some five-star questions. And then we have our good friend, Brian Wotanik, coming on to talk some absolute nonsense. Similar to the first ten minutes of this podcast, I'm only assuming. Um, you know what? You know what I just remembered. Yes. By the way, what's that? Speaking of not a whole lot of things going on, you know what happened last week as soon as we stopped podcasting? What's that? Oh yeah, Kevin Hayes is a Philadelphia Flyer. Yeah. Okay. Now we have content all of a sudden. For some reason, I forgot all about that. Uh, Hayes, what are you doing, baby? Didn't you like not like playing under AV? Maybe I'm wrong. Hands up. But it seems like you were pretty pissed off of that guy a lot. And to go back, that must have been the best contract offer. Well, they I mean they literally traded for him to to play for, to. They haven't signed him to the extension yet. I know, the but extension you don't, is still being worked on. You don't sign. You don't trade a fifth just to not get the guy. Well, you could because remember the Sabers traded a draft pick to get to talk to Jimmy VC earlier, and that didn't work out for them. Mm, okay. I, I believe that Kevin Hayes will sign with the Flyers. It is sort of weird. I got a text from our good friend Dan like, I don't like this. And my, my immediate response was, why? He's going back to a coach who did not play him to his full potential. I think Kevin Hayes is a great player. Or a very good player. I don't think he's a great player. He doesn't fit our timeline at all. I'm not here to be salty about Kevin Hayes going to the Phillies. I'm actually kind of fine with it. They're going to sign him to $6.5 million or more. Do you think it's, he's going to get less than that? Uh, he'll get at least six. I think when they, were, when they were exchanging numbers, people kept bringing up the Brock Nelson contract, which was six by six. But I, I, I think we made, I made myself pretty clear when the trade happened, and I, I think you agree with it as well. I, first of all, I want Kevin Hayes to get paid. Like, go get that money, kid. I'm not, I'm not going to criticize anyone for wanting the dough. I am do what all you do. about That's no Hayes deal. getting paid, and I don't care if it's in the division or not. I'm sure he's going to have some pretty – has there ever been a Ranger that has come back to the Garden and didn't score, like, two or three goals when they're on their return? Like, everyone they seems, all, they all do. Everyone seems to David, absolutely crush us when they come back. If David DeHarnay ever comes back to the NHL, I'm convinced he'll get a hat trick against the Rangers. It's but that, that's besides the point. It's for Ke- for a fan as a fan of Kevin Hayes, I wanted Kevin Hayes to go to a situation that would allow him to continue to flourish and blossom. Uh, he easily the whole reason why we're talking about long term payday contracts with Kevin Hayes this year is because he had a great season under David Quinn because Quinn. Gave him more power play time, allowed him to be more of a presence offensively. He played a pretty defensive-heavy role under Elaine Vino, And I remember us having multiple podcasts about how just goddamn frustrating it was that it seemed like Elaine Vino was putting Kevin Hayes in disadvantageous situations they were lacking for Kevin Hayes. All we wanted was – we just wanted to see him on the power play. I remember that being one of our biggest gripes. We couldn't figure out why the hell the Rangers weren't giving Kevin Hayes power play time, instead giving it to a guy like fucking David DeHarnay. Right. It was mind-boggling. So as as a fan of Kevin Hayes, my mind, I was thinking, like, Calgary would have been a good fit for him. Colorado would have been a super interesting fit for him. The worst fit for Kevin Hayes, the hockey player, is going back to Elaine Vino. Yeah, not it, great. It's just, it doesn't make any it sense. It just doesn't feel right. I can't right. think of a coach. 
No, I can't think of a coach that's going to get less from a player than Elaine Vigneault. If the Flyers had a different head coach and made this trade for Kevin Hayes, I think I would actually be a little salty by it because it's a good piece of business. But because it's Elaine Vigneault, it just – I. I feel bad for Kevin Hayes, but it doesn't scare me at all. And, I think Hayes is going to get he's going to get he's going to get put in tricky situations again. And let's get this straight: AV is really good with new teams. Like I want to give AV some credit, despite us literally flaming him nonstop, putting his feet to the fire every week for almost two or three years. Like he's going to take this Flyers team over, and they're going to do pretty well. I'm not going to be surprised. I uh, see. I no, know you. I know you're I'm on the fence. I'm not convinced about. Yeah, I'm not convinced about that. AV is really good with veteran teams. So in the in terms of bringing in a guy like Kevin Hayes, who has logged tons of NHL minutes behind him, Kevin Hayes is an Elaine Vigneault player. But where Elaine Vigneault struggles is how to bring in young players to the lineup. And the Flyers have a fuckload of young players. So I, I there's a chance that, one, AV puts Kevin Hayes in a situation that, once again, limits his offensive potential. And two... A.V. continues to put Kevin Hayes in situations instead of Nolan Patrick, who was their number two overall draft pick two, three years ago. So it's it's got a chance to backfire just beautifully for the Flyers because it gives Elaine Vigneault an excuse to bury Nolan Patrick and not give Nolan Patrick opportunities to succeed. And it gives him another reason to use Kevin Hayes how he wants to use Kevin Hayes and not how Kevin Hayes should be used. Yeah, the Flyer fans are not going to enjoy the Elaine Vigneault experience of burying Nolan Patrick and giving him fourth-line minutes and uh, not playing him in advantageous situations, etc. They're just not going to enjoy that. But I truly believe that Elaine Vigneault has an effect on a team, not obviously the Canada World Team, which lost to uh, Capocacco in the finals. Sorry, not sorry. But rather new teams he goes to where he gets them playing at a high level and then his message wears out quickly. If I'm a Flyers, I'm excited for the first two years of AV. I am not excited for years three, four, and five. That's where I'm at. So we'll I'm see. I'm not convinced. I know you're I'm not. not convinced. I know. I think El Vigneault will do a pretty good job, and I'm, I'm going to eat some crow when the Flyers are pretty good this year, especially if when Hayes is like having some sort of phenomenal season despite going back there. I, I think I'll eat crow, and I won't enjoy it. But I really think the, the, all the bad of AV comes in year three. And maybe that's worth it for them because the Flyers have been sort of up and down for the last five, six years. Haven't been great. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you yeah, want to talk- I'll, 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 I'll talk to Meg about the Flyers. I'll get back to you. Yeah, please. Like, let's get the Meg report. <laughs> I can't believe this shit. Um, let's talk about the Davidson article by our good dear friend Rick Carpinello on TheAthletic.com. Pretty much what Rick wrote in summary to not steal his words, and you really should, and it's not sponsor of the podcast. Uh, the Athletic uh, does a really great job covering the Rangers, especially Rick and Shayna. Shoutouts to them. The article pretty much said that Davidson is hands-on. It's going to be his team. He's not sitting back. He's going to be working directly with Quinn and Gorton. And some of the messages I, I think he preached in the article was everyone has to work together and not alone. And that's something that I felt... Didn't happen before. I thought Sather and even AV didn't have a good conversational relationship. I'm basing that off of just the way the team was run and certain moves that were made. Of course, I have no inside information. I did not interview these men. I wish I did. Please come on the podcast. All that being said, I believe John Davidson's message of, hey, everything is going to take time. 
we're rebuilding here. Everyone has to be patient. You have to get lucky. And everyone has to be on the same page. Is seriously maybe the most rational thing I've read in sports in over five years. I can't imagine the last time uh, uh, someone who meant something to me in sports who's ahead of something I enjoy came out and said something that was logical and not just logical, but made sense and made me feel calm. John Davidson provides some sort of calming effect for me and New York Ranger fans, and it's something I'm truly thrilled about, and I cannot wait to turn on him in a few years because it's something I don't want to do because he's a very lovable character. Yeah, you want to focus on the Carpinello-Davidson article. I want to focus on the Brooks-Davidson article because that was the most refreshing thing I've read in forever. Uh, To summarize that one for you, because I don't know if you read it as many times as I did, uh, Davidson's basically... Davidson's basically saying in order to build a successful found successful organization, you have to build it from the ground floor up. And the only way you can build it from the ground floor up is by flexing your financial might in areas not impacted by the salary cap. In, in this case, he was talking about revamping the entire organizational structure in Hartford, bringing in a new coach who is big on communication bringing in veteran players who can specifically work well with the younger players that they're going to have in Hartford. And to take it one step further, he talked about having developmental coaches in Europe, in Russia, in places where the Rangers have prospects that aren't being coached by the New York Rangers. Not to necessarily, for example, put a Ranger coach on the Furlunda staff. That's not what he means. What he means is He doesn't want to just have a scout in Sweden watching these guys play. He wants to have an organizational mentor, per se, out there helping these guys develop so they can be better hockey players where they currently are and be better prepared for life in North America if they decide to come over. And I got to tell you, Ryan, reading that shit is fucking heroin to me. Can you imagine if teams we also liked – you know, which team I'm talking about for you, uh, did something like that. Like, this is such a revolutionary... The Rangers, we crapped on them for a while, and I think at some point this summer we're going to talk about media and the Rangers in general because I kind of want to save that for, like, a a podcast way after the draft has happened where we can just go talk about media and go in-depth of what media means for the Rangers and etc. But the Rangers have handled themselves so well since the letter. They they made a decision as an organization. I mean... And it all starts with Dolan, right? He had to okay it. And he's been very good for the Rangers, which is really absolutely insane comparatively to some other other owners in sports. It started with the letter, and it goes all the way to the Davidson hire, where they've been very clear about what they're doing. Every fan knows. There's no sort of mystery as to what go, what's going on. And if you think about teams like the Jets and Giants, where, like, what the hell is happening there? The Jets just hired a new GM. There's no stability. They're going to hire Todd McShay. Oh, my God. Like, I'm sure Todd McShay is good, but, like, he's a TV personality. Wait, are they going to hire Todd McShay? Is that a real thing? That was a rumor, yeah. This is this week. Oh, because I actually like their new GM. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure they're doing a good job, but we just— Yeah, that's, it's not the point, but you're right. You don't—this you, is not the time where you make a GM change. You don't let the entire offseason go by and then decide— You don't like what the GM did. Right, and the Rangers are actually becoming, or maybe are, a beacon of stability in New York sports, which sounds insane. 
after going through like the 2000s and all the dole and hate and buying the best players and trading all your first round picks, it sounds like everyone wants to do something the right way. Now we have to watch and wait to see if that actually happens. You're not guaranteed to win a cup ever, right? But what we do want to do is try and have a, a, a team that gets as many cup runs as possible until you have to rebuild again. That's the strategy. You get you get a certain amount of window. You get five years where you can make cup runs, and then it's all over. That's every single team. Has there ever been a team that like has like a more than a five year window? Maybe the Devils the, with Brodeur? The San Antonio oh, uh, in hockey. Yeah. Not really. Um, the the Blackhawks did five years, six years. Penguins, I, I think five six years. Penguins, Penguins and Blackhawks, but at the same time, we're talking about teams that were buoyed by just like franchise players. So it's it look. It's a lot easier to keep a window open longer when you have Sidney Crosby, right? Yeah, that's basically when you, what when you have one of the best players in the league. It's going to happen. But that's the goal here for the New York Rangers, and I yeah, I, I really believe I feel a calming effect from Davidson where he goes. Everything's going to be transparent. You guys know what's going to happen. We're going to invest in analytics. He didn't have to say, we're going to invest in analytics. That's insane that he said that. Insane. Yeah, and it's it's one of the things that I think we've been frustrated with the most is the, the best teams in the league aren't necessarily the teams that spend the highest percentage of the salary cap. That's not what builds you a sound and well-built organization. You look at the Carolina Hurricanes, who – where many considered a surprise team to go on a playoff run this year. But from top to bottom, that that is just an organization that has been well put together. Their AHL team just won the Calder Cup. Their ECHL team, I think, is in, was either in the finals or was a semifinalist for uh, the Kelly Cup. They understand that in order to not just make a successful organization, but maintain a successful organization, you have to invest in every step of the organization. It doesn't matter how much money the Rangers pay David Quinn. It doesn't matter how much money they flaunt at Artemi Panarin. It doesn't matter how much money they they put towards any one asset. John Davidson is coming in and saying, this is a team we have more financial backing than maybe any other team in hockey. It's about time we start using those finances in a way where we can get an edge on our opponents. And he's saying, you have to build a foundation, invest the money there, get more money, get more attention into the AHL product. The Wolf, the Wolfpack have been a tire fire each of the last two years at a time when the Rangers are bringing over more prospects than ever before at a time when it is imperative that they create an environment a culture of not just development, but also of winning at the minor league level. I get that it's not that important to win a Calder Cup every year. And winning a Calder Cup doesn't necessarily guarantee yourself success at the next level. At the same time, it sure is beneficial to have your guys playing meaningful hockey games at the AHL level, as opposed to just playing out a season or worrying about individual merits. That's not how you develop good players. That's You have to start the winning culture at its base form. And Davidson understands what that means. He did it in Columbus. He built up their lower level of the minor leagues. If he's going to do that here, I, you and I were on this podcast and we were mildly frustrated, I think is the best way to put it, that the, the Rangers weren't doing a deeper search for the vacant president spot. I would say we that's true. We hoped that they would I, – I, I would say uh, both of us easily wanted them to – even if Davidson was eventually going to be the choice, 
to just interview other people, get better ideas, free ideas. That's really the, uh, the whole basis of conducting interviews with people you might not even really want to hire. At the same time, it's hard to imagine John Davidson having a more successful first month in terms of just saying the right things. And not just, he's not just saying cliched shit, right? Not just saying like we're going to get 110% out of the players that we have on this roster. We're going to utilize space on our roster better, all that shit. No, no. He's going out of his way to detail what the fuck it is he wants to do, how he wants to do it, and why this thing that he wants to do is going to be successful for the team long term. Those are things we never heard from Sather. Those are things I don't think Gorton knows how to articulate. So I just, it, it's, you're right. The Rangers are on this run where it's just like, even for a team that obviously didn't win a lot of hockey games last year, they just, they, they seemingly understand what the fucking goal is here. And it's just refreshing to see. It's really refreshing to see. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, we wanted to talk really quick that the Rangers signed a man named Tarmo. Uh, I don't really know much about him. He's also Finnish, do, I believe. Do you, do you know his last name? I, I want to hear you say his last name. Uh, I, I did know his last name, and I saw it, and I said, there's no way I can say that. <laughs> All right, let's go. Come on. All right, Bring I'm, it on. I'm bringing it up. Hold on. Two seconds. Give me a second here. Uh, and then other than that, I don't know what other Ranger news we have to talk about. His last name is Ruananen? Ruananen? Yeah, close enough. Tarmo yeah, we're going to call him Tarmo from now on. Uh, yeah. I'm not even going to attempt it. I don't have to. You're the host of this podcast. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, you, one time you yelled at me for not saying a co-host. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, there, 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 there are two things. There are two things. We, we, we got to talk about Tarmo, and then I want to talk about the Skinner contract with you as well. Oh, you want to uh, save that but, for, for uh, Woji? Because we got like a bunch of five-star questions here. Sure. Let's save it for Woji. Uh, but with Tarmo, there, the important notes here is, one, he had easily the best year of his young career in Finland last year. He very clearly took a step forward in his development. He's becoming a more complete defenseman. And two, he's just 21 years old and has, I believe he has an out clause in his deal that allows him to go back to Finland for the year. Was reported make, today that that is the yeah, case. If, if he doesn't make the Rangers out of camp, which highly unlikely that he will, um, th- this goes back to our logjam points from a couple podcasts ago. It's great that the Rangers are bringing in all these guys, but at the same time, you really only have 12 spots on any given night in New York and Hartford that you can play all these guys. So it's not beneficial to have nine prospects at Hartford if you can't get all of them sufficient ice time. So I, it would probably be better for Tarmo's development if he comes over, experiences a full training camp, and then goes back to Finland uh, to play top pairing minutes in a professional men's league. It's just, there's just benefits to it. So I, I just, I just want to mention it because one, it, it the amount he would have to impress in camp, considering he's not – I think he's a left-handed shot defenseman, so he has even a higher bar to clear because of the amount of lefties the Rangers have. It, it's unlikely that he makes the Rangers out of camp, and I like that they're going to allow him to go back to Finland because, again, there's just – there's so many fucking guys the Rangers so have to find nice time for. So many defensemen, and we're going to talk about that it's all a good, It's summer. a good problem to have. Great. It's a good problem to have. It's just – I like that the Rangers understand that it is a little bit of a problem. So instead of trying to get this guy 12 minutes a night every three games, just let him play a full season in Finland. Let him keep cooking. Let's go to the five-star questions. If you want to leave a five-star question for Blue Shirts Breakaway, you can go to iTunes today. Go to Blue Shirts Breakaway, their page there. Leave a five-star review. Call it a five-star question. Call it whatever you want. As long as it's five stars, I will read it 
on the podcast. Let's get to some of those now. We have great podcasts, great hosts by KZB, two exclamation points. Ryan and Greg really compliment each other. We don't, like, off air, we don't, like, compliment each other ever. Um, I've no, been, no. I, no, never. I've been listening to them for about a year now. I look forward to the podcast every week. Thank you so much, KZB. Great inside the Rangers as a whole. Two questions. What would you trade for the Breadman's rights? Would you go as high as a conditional third round pick? That's the oh, question. yeah, that Sorry. was the end of the question. Yeah, that was uh, weird. Um, weirdly said by me. Sorry. Yeah, I've... <coughs> sorry. Both sorry. We're all sorry. I got a little choked up Very Canadian all of a sudden. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I've said... I don't look at the Rangers' third round pick as their third round pick by conventional standards because that pick is the fifth selection the Rangers will make, and you could even call it the sixth selection if you want to take into account the pick they traded for Adam Fox. Um, I personally, if it guarantees the Rangers a contract with Panarin, so in this case, if say the Rangers traded that pick today, and they said, Artemi, you have to sign a contract before the draft, otherwise the pick is null and void and we can't negotiate with you further. Um, I would do that. I think if you look at the Kevin Hayes trade, uh, if you look at the Keith Yandel trade before that, where I think the Rangers got a conditional sixth round pick from the Florida Panthers for the rights to negotiate with Yandel. That's probably the more acceptable barometer for the pick. Uh, but yeah, I would go as high as the third pick if it meant a better chance at signing Panarin. My take on this is no that, question. especially now that Davidson's the president and maybe I'm being foolish here, but I have a feeling he has some sort of way to talk to Panarin or like get a grasp of Panarin and be like, Hey, should we trade for your rights? Are you going to sign here if we do that? Because maybe Panarin didn't make up his mind yet, but if Davidson somehow contacts him and is like, should we trade for you? Because if we trade for you, we want you to sign. I have a feeling they have to get inside information there. Uh, But KZB asks a second question, which is kind of relating to what we're talking about here, Gregory, which is, if the Mm. Panthers had first crack at Panarin, how scared would you be if he signed there? Well, how scared would you be that he signs there, rather? It does kind of feel like... If a team got to Panarin first via they would a sign draft it. pick, yes. he would sign it. I agree. Yeah. It does it so if if the Rangers didn't want to make a trade and the Panthers did, I would think that Panarin will sign with the Panthers. But, but I, at the same time, if the Rangers made the trade and the Panthers didn't, I would think Panarin would sign with the Rangers. I feel the same way, but I also feel like people are smarter than this and tamper a little bit these days. Uh, I think tampering is pr- a pretty big thing in all sports. Uh, and kept under wraps or kept under very shady deals. So in my humble opinion, the Panthers would do that if they had inside information that they would sign there. I think they know that they're a suitor for Panarin along with two or three other teams. But uh, the only way they do that is that they have inside information. Just opinion of mine. Another five-star. Oh, go on. Well, before before you get to it, I just think uh, even though our friend Drew Way hates them, I think Ryan Russillo made a great point uh, <laughs> last week on the podcast where – when you're a star player, like Kevin Durant, for example, yes. and you can dictate Future where man. you're going to go as a free agent, or, or net, yeah. I don't think Artemi Panarin knows where he's signing, right? So at this point, we're all just guessing. Panarin knows. He knows who has the money to offer him. He knows where he wants to live. He knows what contract he's going to sign. Shit, even it's Duchesne done. knows where he's going. Like. You don't have to be a super all-star. Uh, Duchesne is, is is very good player. I, would you say Duchesne's an all-star? Probably, right? Yeah, he's uh, an all-star. Uh, so he knows. But uh, other players don't exactly yeah. get to choose where they want to go. When, These guys get to choose. When you're, right. Like, 
maybe Kevin Hayes wasn't 100% sure where he was going to go, but Artemi Panarin knows where he's going, knows where he's signing, knows where he wants to live. Because he's, he's good enough where if he wanted to play in Colorado, all he has to do is tell the Avalanche, hey, I want to play here, make it work. And they would, because that's the kind of guy Artemi Panarin is in terms of talent. So we can speculate as much as we want for as long as we want. There's one guarantee. Our, July 1st isn't going to come around and our team is going to be like, good, great. Now I get to decide where I'm going to spend yeah. the next Someone seven years me. of my life. Yeah. Yeah. They, Panera knows where he's going. So I, I, I do think we're at a point now where maybe it doesn't matter if the Panthers or Rangers traded for Panarin's rights because Panarin, he's made his decision. It would stun me if he hadn't. Next five it would star actually question. be oh. illogical if he hadn't. Actually, next five-star question, though. Because uh, we gotta get okay. we gotta get three more in before Woj comes on. Fine. Uh, this one's by Double Emoji again. Somehow the iTunes when the emojis go, there's just two boxes. So double box here. It says five star question. Would you want to trade something to try and get another first round pick, like middle twenties, and try to get a guy like Niels Hoglander? I think I said that correctly. Also, thoughts on taking man, these names are impossible. Zaitsev or or Marlow or for Kapanen or Johansson. Marlowe could also act as a mentor for young players like he did in Toronto. Marlou? I can't say his name. Also, it's what? Marlo. It's okay. Also, wanted to say you guys are the best Ranger podcast out there. I would look forward to it on Monday nights now. Thanks. Uh, um, so, to point one, to get an additional first round pick. Yeah, like middle this 20s. year, uh, without trading one of our pre existing first round picks, I'm guessing. So yeah, I guess we're it was just be... talking about moving up from 20. We're it talking would have to about Kreider. We have two, or... we have 20, and we're getting a third. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only, they're not trading Zibanejad. Nope. Um, so I think the only way you could potentially get another first is Kreider. And I think a team acquiring Kreider would rather give up next year's first to get him. Because I just – I find it hard to believe that a team would – I mean, it, look, it, we don't see very many expiring contracts traded for first-round picks anymore unless they are to a – Stanley Cup contender at the deadline. Mm-hmm. It it's a lot harder of a sell to get a team to trade this year's first round pick for a player that should help you next year, but you're not 100 convinced because the season's not going on. And then what happens if you require that player in your team? Shit, anyway. So now you traded a you don't have a young player from this year to go with that guy, and you're not going to get as much for that guy at next year's deadline. So I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really tough sell to get an additional first this year. And I also, if you're the Rangers, if you're the Rangers and you want to trade Chris Kreider, um, there's just going to be more of a market for him in February than there is right now. And there's going to be – Because gonna a lot be- of teams – I think you're going to get better than just the first-round pick maybe for Chris Kreider. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, maybe like a pick and a I, – I don't think you'll get much better than what you got for Kevin Hayes per se. Um, but you'll – You'll get something substantial in February. I just, I just think the market is more narrow in February than it is right now. It's a lot harder to convince a team to give up future assets when you just have so much time and so much just – you can convince yourself that a player on the free agent market is as good as Chris Kreider at this time of year. So why trade a right trade a pick when all you have to do is trade My, dollars? The other thing you uh, this question uh, double box says is uh, taking on some contracts. 
for like Kapanen or Johansson. I, I, from what I've heard from Rick Carpinello, well, the Rangers aren't interested in taking on any contracts. That's just what I've been told. So I, I'm, I'm going to stick with his word for right now. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, one. I don't, I don't, I just don't see the need to bring in someone like Marlowe. The Rangers already have Mark Stahl, and they have bring it. And this goes back to the point that we keep making on this podcast, where if we don't get Panera and just roll it over for another year. The Rangers don't need to go about trading for wingers that don't move the needle in a significant way. Like, what, is, what does Andreas Janssen or Kasperi Kapanen really add to the Rangers? They're, I'd rather just spend the year figuring out what Kravtsov and Kako and Buchnevich can be as opposed to bringing in those guys, having to pay them, and then seeing if they fit in a system that may or may not be the system by the time the Rangers are good again. Uh, I, I'm just firmly on the, if, if, if the Rangers want to practice in division, which our friend hockey stat miner pushes out every day, I'm all about taking on bad contracts and playing them out for draft picks and prospects. I'm not sure I'm about it for, I wouldn't want Marlowe and Janssen because I'm just going to have to pay Janssen right now. I can't pronounce it on top of paying Marlowe. All right, let's uh let's got two more here. So here we go. Defensive prospects. This is by New York fan twenty five Matt. What a name. Do you guys think there's too much emphasis that there's too much emphasis placed on offensive defensemen in today's NHL? Don't get me wrong. The numbers of defensive prospects the Rangers have is great, but at the end of the day, there's only room for one or two defensemen on the power play. Realistically, I think there is naturally a lot more to talk on our prospects' offensive ability when we really need a shutdown defender to contend. Rest in peace, Ryan McDonough. With the current state of our defense, I wouldn't mind if one or two of prospects' defensive prowess becomes more their staple than moving the puck. Well, I, I, I think calling someone an offensive defenseman too narrowly defines a defenseman. Uh, well, yeah, Tony D'Angelo legitimately is an offensive defenseman. Like, right, he because actually he doesn't do is. a whole lot for you defensively. At the same time, he's such a talented puck mover that it helps – make up for the fact that he isn't great one-on-one defensively because he can get the puck and get the puck out of the zone quickly. His offense is actually great defense because the longer he has the puck on offense, he can't be a liability defensively. Um, But it's important to remember, it's just important to remember that, you know, 90 plus percent of the game is played at even strength. It's the overwhelming majority of a hockey game is played five on five. So to call someone an offensive defenseman and then just focus on the power play is a little it, – it, it's an unfair practice because not enough – there's just not enough power play time for any team, even the best teams at drawing penalties. You're not getting, what, 15 penalty minutes a night? It just doesn't happen. Right. Um, but I, I just think the way the game is played today, every defenseman needs to be adept at moving the puck. I just – I think that's how it, it it is. I I don't care if you have a Dan Girardi who likes throwing his body in front of the puck or a guy who strictly battles on the boards. I, I just think calling someone an offensive defenseman is a bit of a crutch in itself. Adam Fox is really good offensively. That doesn't take away from the fact that he's probably at least average defensively. So to call him an offensive defenseman, that doesn't mean he's just a one-dimensional one-dimensional hockey player. It's just his ability to defend predicates 
mostly on his ability to get the puck out of the zone, which is, it's good. Less time in your defensive zone is a good thing. So I don't know. I just, I think we need to stop labeling people altogether as offensive defensemen. We won't. You can be really good offensively and be a defenseman. That doesn't mean you are necessarily off an offensive defenseman. I think that we don't overrate them or place too much emphasis on them because it's an important part of the game. Whereas if you are your team that has the ability to have an offensive defenseman, which is such a weird thing to say, by the way, just the sentence offensive defenseman, it's just hard to say. Uh, it provides you with another look that other teams might not have. You have another threat that's when your offense is pressing, you have a guy that is legitimately more in more need to be covered. It, in, it requires more urgency. And that gives you a whole different look and makes you a better team. So I don't think we're placing too much emphasis oh. on it at all. Because it, uh, Just so you know, Megan added, Meg added me as a friend. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had a great uh, point to make there, but Meg's back. Yeah, she's back. I can't wait to know what she says. I'm so excited, dude. Hashtag Meg's story. Uh, anyway, keep going. We have another five-star question. We have one more five-star question. New York fan 25, Matt, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll talk more about that this summer, but I don't think we're placing too much of, uh, emphasis on it because I just think it adds another look to, to teams, and I would be really happy to have one. And we do, Antonio mm. D'Angelo. We'll see how they, he plays out. Uh, one more five-star question from the average Kahuna who has commented before. And tell, me mm. if I say, tell me if I say this right, Gregory, because you will actually know the name. Mm. Maurice Sider? Oh. oh, yeah. That's his name, right? I think it's say I think it's technically Seder. Maurice like a Sa- like a Jewish dinner Seder. during Passover. Is that why you like him so much? Hey guys, more of a comment than Maybe. a question. Greg, glad to hear you on the Cider train. <laughs> I've been yep. I've been pumping the kids' tires for weeks now with no for no real reason. Uh, call me a sucker for a big right hand D man who also might be a member of the tribe. Total speculation. <laughs> Don't think so. He's. I, I'm well, just gonna go out and say the big German is not Jewish. Yeah, probably. Are Are you guys also planning? On any kind of draft watch party. Okay, so the Raiders announced today they're having a draft party. You can go on Ticketmaster right now and sign up. I believe our next guest will be attending. I think he announced the draft party. Greg and I have announced before, but we'll say it again. Unfortunately, and trust me, Greg and I had serious conversations off air about this, That uh, how upset we were that we couldn't do something. Because I'll be a best man at a wedding and Greg's going to be at a bachelor party that weekend. So we won't be able to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Capo Caco, as a New York Ranger. But... Uh, we will we will be doing something later in the summer. We yet to be announced that, but we are very upset that we could not host a draft party because we feel like the Rangers really dropped the ball on this. Despite having uh, an announcement today that they're going to have a draft party, and we feel like we really could have had a great time, but we're going to make up for it at some point in the future. Yeah, we're I, I, we're frustrated because I think we both wanted to do something for the draft. We did, and it's it's just illogical with. The things we have going on that weekend. You're literally the best man yeah, yeah. in the wedding. I know. Uh, it's one of my best friends that lives up here in Albany. It's his bachelor party. These these are like non-negotiable events in our life. Yeah. Um, Can't do, do anything we, about it. Do we wish they were different weekends? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Do we have the authority to change them? Nope. Absolutely not. Nope. So it is. It is what it is. Well, I'm sure. Ryan and I will be reacting to the draft on social media. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. In various states of um soberness but uh yeah we are we are bummed we're not doing anything for you guys it would have been a lot of fun uh we're gonna transition over to Woj in a second but i want to just make uh this is the final announcement of an announcement next week i will be announcing the secret project i've been working on very hard with two other members uh of a top secret team 
that we'll be revealing on this podcast, Gregory. I've had multiple predictions of people that have told me what they think you'll say, and they think you will dismiss it and call me ridiculous. And I'm very excited for that time to come. That's usually what I say anyway, though. I know. Um, so I, I'm very excited. Uh, we're going to have it as the opener. There's going to be a little uh, transition period uh, in between uh, when we go to guests next week, too. And if we have a Wait guest, a who knows? What are you talking, what are you talking about? Opener? No, we're gonna, I'm going to do it as the ad also. It's going to be the, the official. Oh. It's going to be the official sponsor of the Bushwick Breakaway Podcast. Interesting. And uh, we got some stuff going on there. So we will uh, uh, stay tuned for the project. I think you guys are really going to love it. I really. We have put a lot of hard work into this, uh, and I hope I hope you guys really enjoy it. So. And for the record, I, this isn't me playing dumb. I legit have no yeah, idea. Yeah, Greg has no idea. About. I told I I told Greg I have a project I've been working on with two uh two people. Uh, and I will say, I will reveal this, it is not Bushwick's banter, as you probably knew that, Greg, because they had no idea what I was talking uh, about. I did. Okay. Sure did. Uh, so it is not any other uh, podcast. It's two, uh, two listeners of the podcast, rather, have helped me uh, create something absolutely great. So we will be talking about that next week in depth, and then we'll be going on banter to talk about it, too, along with uh, some other things. So with that all being said, let's go to some more nonsense. Hopefully we'll get a mega update which I really hope we get. And we're going to go over to Brian Wotanik now, formerly of another podcast, but now a, uh, a online Ranger personality and one of our best friends. Here we go. Transition. Hey, we're back. Not that we went very far. I just pressed stop and now I pressed play again. We have one of our best friends, Brian Wotanik on the podcast. One of our favorite recurring guests, maybe our most recurring guests. I'm not sure. Uh, Woj, welcome back, my friend. Hey, thank you, boys. Uh, honestly, every time you guys come back, like the the intro gets shorter and shorter because you're like, all right, fat fucks back. So, anyways, <laughs> hey, this fat fucks back on the podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. we had no one else to call, but thanks, Woj, for picking <laughs> up. Really appreciate it. Uh, missed you, buddy. How how you been? Yo, I've been great, man. I really can't complain at all. I'm sorry. I just did the most ignorant thing ever. I just took a bite of ice before you asked me that question. <laughs> I'm sure that picked up on the mic. Yeah, I don't know that. what got over me. Like we were just talking. That's the thing with you guys. Like we're just always feels like we're shooting the shit. So like it never feels like I have a microphone on. I literally just took a swig of drink and chucked a huge bite of ice before I did that question. But I'm great. I really am. I'm good. Things boys are being well. boys. Life's good. Guys being yeah, dudes. Guys being dudes. That's you know, it. Like, love to see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you back on. We're gonna talk very limited actual Ranger or topics here. Uh, if you were, if you were worried about, we weren't going to talk about enough Rangers today, guys, we fucking killed it today. Not going to, not to brag or anything, (laughs) but like uh, Ranger content on June, on June 11th, boy, you're getting good stuff. And also every time I, every, every time my phone goes off and it's a Snapchat, it's not from Meg. I die inside. I'm not going to lie. And you also got to hear about Greg's personal love life. All right. I want to ask Woj a question because he wasn't on earlier. Woj, um, do you think, uh, this woman, Meg, who apparently is Greg's love of his life, do you think she's Mm. a Mets fan? Mm. Yes. No, she's a oh, Phillies no. fan. What? Ugh. What? <laughs> I have hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this, this I'm happy we're just here for this. I have a, I have, so I have a second cardinal rule. The first cardinal rule is uh, respect the ring, which I am not doing with men. Okay. That's not the point. Uh, <laughs> my second rule is I, I never want to, I never want to date a Met fan. I think I've even said this on the pod before. Yeah, I, you just, I agree with that. They're the most depraved people ever. So if they have something good in their life, like a man or a woman, depending on the, the gender. Some love like, it all. 
Yeah, like that they'll they'll dive right in. It's like it's kind of like fat people in sex. Like I never take sex for granted because I know it's few and far between. So when I get it, I'm putting out home run performances every single time. So maybe it's one of those situations where like maybe you should be looking towards Mets fans. Like you need the no, lowest no, no, no. of the scummiest so, depraved people in your wait, life. Wait, is like, Tara I, a here's, Mets here's fan? The wait, hold on, is Tara a no, Mets fan? Okay. No, Tara's a Giants fan. Okay. Come on. Um, Sorry. I think the last thing I got her was a Buster Posey jersey, by the way. I think she still wears it. She still thinks of me. That's not the point. We're getting off that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the reason I don't date Met fans is because I'm, I'm such a depressed piece of shit that I assume the relationship will go badly at some point. Oh, and then I don't want to associate my favorite baseball team with someone that broke my heart. Oh, like I need to keep those two things separate. You think you would have like a lot of resentment for them? Like, okay. Yeah, I don't want, to, I don't want them. I, this is going to sound even worse. I don't want them ruining the Mets for me. That like, makes sense. You want to have the Mets for yourself, so like, because the Mets can yeah. bring you some sort of enjoyment, but all mostly depression. At some point, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, that's it's, fair. I'd, that's fair. I'd be okay. Like, I'd I'd love to date a girl that's a baseball fan who, well, like, apparently the, the she fucking hates the Mets, and it's great. It just gives <laughs> something else to argue about. I learn but, uh, so much about you all the time. It really, truly, I, uh, I, like between it, some of the I, stories, I like, you just there's something. Yeah. There's a particular woman you enjoy. And that woman brings you misery. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm a Met fan, so this goes hand in hand with that. It's like, what's the thing that could make me the most miserable in my life? The Mets existing and someone who hates the Mets. My point to Gregory so just, here is that you just love paying the price. That's my overall thesis on you. What, what I, I got from this is Greg should just date Jeff Wilpon because he doesn't give a fuck about the Mets, so it's a perfect relationship. Yeah, this Greg. is great. Uh, anyway, what welcome, I hear, though, welcome Wilpon back to Mets talk. Way too touchy feely, though. Yeah, he gets way too touchy feely. Um, how far have the Rangers risen up your ranks? I know both of you, like you're obviously Woj is a giant Liverpool fan, and Mets yeah, uh, and, and uh, Greg. Yeah, Gerber, I want to fucking talk about that too. We'll get we'll get there. Say that for the end. And uh, Greg, you're obviously a big Mets fan. How close have what? the Rangers come in the past year or two to rising up your ranks of fandom? Both of you, I guess Woj go first. I mean, they'll always be my number one. There's never going to be another Rangers for me. Like, it's if I had to honestly power rank them, the Mets come in third. So it'd honestly probably be Rangers, Bills, the Mets, and then, like, obviously, now Liverpool, and then probably, like, the Knicks. Just because I've never had, like, like a – one, I'm I'm a fat Polish kid from Buffalo, so I, I was never a basketball player growing up. Clearly, so I never had like a, like a, any like desire to watch the sport, let alone play it. So the Knicks would fall like last on that. So honestly, the Rangers will always be number one. Like there's there's very few things the Rangers could do that would like pull them out of the number one spot. I'm there with you. Where the the Rangers are number one for me, I think I have the Tampa Bay Rays, <laughs> Yankees, whatever comes second, and then um, <laughs> whichever which was ever in first place this week. Then uh, I'm def- I, I will love the Knicks when Kevin Durant's there, but I've been loyal Spurs fan for a very long time. And uh, some dog in the background. What's up, dog? Oh, hey, I forgot you got a puppy. And uh, a puppy, yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, the New York Celsius of the Overwatch League are definitely in fourth for me. So um, I don't think I'm missing anybody there. I, I, don't, I, don't like, yeah. I don't like football. But go on, Greg. And so, I'm, tell me where I'm you're still uh, – yeah, I'm still 100% the weirdo where if, uh, if the Mets aren't the first team in my life to win a championship, I'm actually going to be kind of sad about it. Um. Like, I, I don't want to know happiness until the Mets achieve happiness. You're never uh, – wow, I can't wait for you never to be happy. It's, <laughs> I'm never going to be happy. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what the Rangers do. Like, they'll never be higher than number two on my list. It, you, we might as well just, like, take the Mets I, I, off I guess the I was asking if the they Mets. close the gap at all. No. Okay. It's like a they, they hit a ceiling. I can only go so far with the love of any other team beyond the Mets. 
because even when the Mets are the most just fucking pathetic, it's they're still the Mets to me, and I still dream of like I I've never had a dream of putting on a Ranger jersey and skating around a rink, but I've definitely yeah. had dreams of playing second base for the New York Mets in the uh, last like two Legend days. Daniel maybe. Murphy. I don't know. Yeah, possibly, I get it. <laughs> no, I said like, actually play second base, oh, not pretend. Wow, to play shots fired. Base. Um, Greg, let me ask you this: If you had to distribute okay. five championships amongst your teams, oh, Twitter how are you doing it? Uh, I've, yeah. I've been I've been asked this question before because it, it made the rounds on Twitter, and my response was, uh, "I'd want one Met championship, and that's it, because I'm dead after that. <laughs> so it doesn't. The, the other four didn't fucking matter. It didn't matter what you did. If the let me ask you this of both of you, seriously: If you if the New York Mets legitimately win a championship, do I survive the parade? No. I, I think you come out missing a limb. I, I think that's yeah. legitimate. Uh, the the, the uh, like gambling favorite for arrested would be just not even worth the it's money. Like minus, it would be it would be astronomical. Like minus yeah. eight hundred or something. It's I don't think you'd make it to the parade. Like I I don't I'm not even worried about the parade. I think night of like your 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 night wouldn't end. It would just be like one continuous. I would hire so a like, film crew like our our the Patreon money we have like saved up for like T-shirts and stuff this year. I would spend it all on a film crew to follow you. That's all. One hundred percent. That's all I would do. It's yeah. Be necessary. I just, I think of I just think of how depressed I was when the Mets lost in 2015, and like that night involved me sleeping on the floor at JFK, having to get on a plane at 7 a.m., having to go back to work in Savannah. So like I, I just try thinking of the exact opposite of that experience. I'd 100% be unemployed within 12 hours of a Mets championship because I just like wouldn't show up to work the next day or something. <laughs> at the same time, I've done a good enough job of like reminding people, like jokingly, where I say. Hey, you know, if the Mets win a championship, I'm not coming to work. So, like, if it actually happened, they did, I, I warned them. I think they would get it. Sort of. I think they would get it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I agree with you guys where I don't think uh, I'd I get to the parade. I There'd particularly be remember drugs. watching the Kings beat the Rangers in 2014, and uh, I was in a, my favorite dive bar. They had the game on. The goal went in, and I just ordered, like, four shots. That was it. I was just miserable. Absolutely yeah. miserable. And I hope, to, I hope to never live that experience again. And we'll see if the who lives at this. Do you think the Bruins would feel like Bruins fans would? I know it's a Stanley Cup and it's going to be Game Seven, but they've gotten their their share of cups. Like, do you think they'll be devastated if they lose? Mm, no, because honestly, I I honestly feel like the hierarchy in that town is Patriots, Red Sox, Bruins, and the Patriots do oh, their business. No, I, I, the Celtics. Think are ahead of the Bruins. Oh, so, I, know, okay, I think the yeah, Celtics are ahead of the Bruins. I think, true. Yeah, I think right. of the yeah. four, the Bruins are very comfortably four. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where if they win, I think the town obviously goes nuts. But if they lose, I, I just feel like they're like, all right, football starts in, what, two months? Yeah, so, and they got I mean, two titles this year already. And I understand that there's a chance yeah. that you're, like, only a hockey fan in Boston, but that's, like, very slim. And you, I, I can't imagine you're going to be devastated, whereas the St. Louis Blues fans have to be literally drooling and, like, clawing to get this title. Yeah. Very similar to the Toronto Raptors tonight, which the time, who may be championed by the Cardinals. Out. The Cardinals have won recently. Like this is this is something that um, I, I have a hard time with because people are like, "Well, the Bruins haven't won a title in forty nine blah 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 years." But it's like they have the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been good for a very long time. They have multiple titles in the last. They have one of the best years. championships of all time. Like yeah, they have a classic championship. It's it's difficult for me to feel bad for a Blues fan because it's like. I know everybody in St. Louis is a fucking Cardinals fan. They shove it down your throat every chance they yeah. get. No, no one is sitting around St. Louis being like, I don't know, I don't follow baseball. I'm only a hockey fan, blah, 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 blah. It's just like, shut up, man. 
I have nothing <laughs> in my life. You guys have something. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's talk about Jeff Skinner very quickly. Signed to a $9 million deal, if I'm saying that correctly. And also, he has a no-move contract. How many years was it, Greg? Uh, eight years. Wow. Um, as someone who lives in Buffalo, what was your reaction to that long contract with no move? I, I definitely think it's a slight overpay. I, to say slight is – the reason why I'm saying that is because I honestly don't feel like the Sabres had another option. Like, if you look at the way the team is and look at what Jeff Skinner did on that team last year, I mean, he scored 40 goals. You can look at his past numbers all you want, but he scored 40 goals. With that being said – Eight years at $9 million is absurd. Like, that's a contract you're going to want back in four or five years. And now he has a full no-move clause on it. Granted, the people of Buffalo love it. But that's, again, I feel like they're just so desperate for anything to cling on to, like a hope. Like, it, it, like it, how bad it looks for Jeff Botterill and the Sabres if they let a 40-goal scorer just walk for nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. And they, I just don't feel like they have another option. Like, what else do you do if you're the Sabres to try to replace that? It's few and far between. Like, you have to imagine they're not in the Panarin sweepstakes. They're not going to, like, be in, like, a, uh, a mix for, like, Eric Carlson or Duchesne. So, like, they don't have, like, the star power on their team right now that isn't already there. So, they have, I mean, you have Eichel and Darlene, and now you have Skinner. And those are technically going to be your big three. But down the middle, man, that team still stinks. And I just don't feel like Jeff Skinner for eight years at $72 million is going to make that team any closer to the playoffs than what they are right now. Yeah, I got, I got two follow-up questions for you there, Brian. Uh, the first of being, yes, Jeff Skinner was a 40-goal scorer last year. But remind me, were the Sabres good last year? Uh, for that, At one point, they were in first place. And I know that because when, at my office, when I walked by this one dude's desk, he still sadly has the newspaper hung up from that week that they were in first place that says first place in the NHL, question mark, with like, Eichel celebrating. So, yeah, it's pretty sad. But, that no, they're not good. They uh, they stink. They, uh, they and during that, during, that 10 game, during that 10-game win streak, all the numbers were basically screaming regression, regression, regression. <laughs> they basically and, screamed, if we don't get the overtime, we're not getting points in this game. Yeah. So, all right, we've established that the Buffalo Sabres weren't a good hockey team, and that was with 40-goal scorer Jeff Skinner. Second question I have for you, who would you rather have, Jeff Skinner or Ryan O'Reilly? Oh, easy, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Right. Now, who, which remind me again, which team before last season had Ryan O'Reilly? The the Sabres of Buffalo. Okay. And now remind me which team traded O'Reilly, and who did they trade him to? The uh, Blues of St. Louis. And how are they doing this year? Um, as last I checked, they are one win away from uh, Stanley Cup. Oh. <laughs> Got it. Hmm. And and now remind me, who was the team that traded Jeff Skinner? Uh, the, that would be the Sabres of Buffalo. Which, to their point. No, 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 no. I said which team traded Jeff Skinner. Oh, wait. The Hurricanes. The Hurricanes, yes. I forgot where he was before. You're going to have to do me another favor. You're going to have to remind me. How did the Hurricanes do this year? They uh, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. So what we've established here is that really good player goes from Team A, Buffalo, to Team B, (laughs) St. Louis. And St. Louis got better. Meanwhile, Player B went from Carolina to Buffalo. And Team B did not get worse. So what, what we're establishing here is maybe, now hear me out, just maybe, one more time, maybe Jeff Skinner isn't the type of player you want to build a team around. Oh, no, I agree with you there, which is why I think it is a bad contract. I, I say that, but I don't think that in terms of the fans' perspective, 
I just think they've they've been so long starved for a good hockey team that all, all the points you just made are completely mute. Like it is crazy now to look back on the O'Reilly situation and to see how it went down of him basically just admitting like he fell out of love with hockey while playing for the Buffalo Sabres. Like talk about like I mean culture is one thing that's thrown out all the time. Like talk about like having a player say that and then be like the pivotal part for a team that's now in a Stanley Cup run. And you look back at both of those trades and like it seems like the Sabres just got hosed. I mean the Skinner things whatever, but like man, I I don't know. I I just think. They they need a lot more, and the good thing with I guess with the the, the only positive I guess for a Sabres fan, their cap situation's fucking awesome. Like they 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 really do have a lot of room to play with, but it's it's how well of people do they think they're a destination for? Like I, who who honestly is saying in the NHL right now besides Jeff Skinner apparently for seventy two million dollars? Like who's saying they want to come play for Buffalo? Like they're never linked to anybody, and every trade they make is just like oh they'll probably acquire Jason Zucker. Like all right cool, but like how much better does that make them? And maybe they win a couple of games next year and they're they're flirting with a bubble spot and then you know next thing you know we're we're talking about them competing for the lottery again i actually really like jason zucker and i think he'd do pretty well in buffalo but that's like my point being i just i think uh i think you've been asked this too i know ryan and i got asked this because people would always ask us like if we don't sign panarin what about jeff skinner there's not a player in the nhl i would want less jeff skinner is he's the perfect guy he's like your peak um Peak second banana, where if you put him on a great team, he's going to make that great team second unit that much better. But he's not a guy you build a franchise around. He's not a guy you pay $9 million to over eight years for. He's, he's not even like, he's not even Scotty Pippen to Michael Jordan. He's like an offensive Dennis Rodman, where could, could the Bulls have won without Dennis Rodman? Probably. But since they also had Dennis Rodman with all these great other players, that made them an unstoppable force. I just – I don't think – they're paying Skinner to be more than what he is. And I think that's a little unfair to Jeff Skinner, and it's going to go terribly for the Sanders in my mind. Oh, I, I agree with you there, especially him being second banana. Like, the Skinner contract for me solely relies on how healthy Jack Eichel can stay for the next eight years or however long his contract's left. I think he's got six or seven. But it solely relies on him because, I mean, when Eichel was with Skinner, they were unbelievable. It also now depends on what they do with Sam Reinhart's contract, with how Casey Middlestad's going to progress. I mean, sorry, not Leah Sanderson. How he's going to progress as their second line, potentially third line center. So, I mean, there's a lot of contingencies. Like, the Sabres are such an anomaly because I, I a team that is in such a good spot in terms, like I said, in terms of the cap situation, they, they still have two first-round picks this year. I mean, who knows? They, they could be wheeling dealing at the deadline. Um, so we'll see in the next 11 days if any moves are made or if they're just going to, like, bite the bullet. I think they'll they'll pick at seven, but I think they're going to trade that other pick. And it, it just, like, who is going to trade for a late first-round pick that immediately makes the Sabres better? So, like, then you have to look at options, like, now do you trade the seventh pick? So they're really in a weird spot, man, because I feel like their options are truly endless as long as they're making trades. Like, I just don't think free agency, like July 1st, is not for them. Like, they have to make a splash in terms of, like, we're getting a player with term who fucking can't say no. And I think they tried that with who? Sabaka, and he just quit too. So, like, I mean, the culture in Buffalo just stinks. Or no, is it Berglund? Yeah, Berglund quit, right? Uh, sure. Yes. It was like the beginning yeah. last year. Like, I think Sabaka's still there. My, my intake on this, my intake, my actual take on this is, is that team a playoff team? Like, by signing Jeff Skidder, it feels like you're spending a lot of money to do what? To miss the playoffs? So that's just where I'm kind of at with it. I, maybe that they change my mind. Uh, maybe they make a step forward. Maybe Darlene 
becomes a better player than what he already is, which is uh, has to be part of his development. Yeah, but I just don't see it. Well, really just, happening. well, to to Woj's point, Skinner is great for Eichel, but again, that you can't win hockey games if you don't have a second, third, and fourth line. Yeah, I mean, it's just not going to work. Uh, p- camera three to Connor McDavid shrugging, like, what, yeah. what's, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I can't do anything. So uh, I'm very curious to see how Buffalo plays out. But that all being said, I want to kind of talk about a former Ranger great uh, in Sean Avery, who somehow. Still seems to be in the news, like, constantly. Today, he was in the news for hitting a car with an electric scooter, which is illegal in New York when he was in the bike lane. Um, he also broke news last week by saying that uh, fan or Bluestrips breakaway favorite trade prospect, Jacob Truba, had been traded. And yet that had that report did not come to fruition. Uh, how are we feeling about Sean Avery these days? He seems to be popping up everywhere no matter what we do. Gregory? Honestly? Or oh, sorry, Gregory. I'll let, I'll let Brian go first. Uh, I might get roasted for this, but I'm, I'm, I'm tired of Sean Avery. Like, I'm over it. Uh, I, I read his book and stuff like that, and then he kind of had this, like, come up and back on social media. And then he started, like, not not because he did stuff with Barstool, but then he started, like, really getting into it with, like, Barstool, like, starting doing these videos and, like, doing, like, Instagram stuff, and then started doing, like, the bike lane stuff where he's just, like, yelling at people in New York. It's, like, I don't know. It just feels so, like, weird to me. It's, like, you don't have to be that dude anymore. Like, you're, you're not – I mean, maybe it's one of those things where you live that lifestyle where you're, once you're a rat, you're always the rat. But, like, I don't know. I'm just I'm just over. I'm like, the thing with the trade, too, is, like, that trade just made so much sense. So people are like, all right, yeah, I believe it. And it's not like he's, like, it's not like he has a track record. Like maybe he does. I don't know. But, like, it's not like he's constantly putting, like, rumors out there, like, maybe, like, a Mike Commodore or anything like that. So it's like, all right, like, if you're going to put that out there, like, maybe it, maybe it, maybe He had to have real information. And he, like, pretended like yeah. he didn't know how to say their names or maybe he actually didn't. I can't tell. Yeah, not Nazim. He's like, Tuba. Um, I don't know, yeah, but the the bike stuff and like the the videos and the Instagram, I just don't think it's funny. Like, I just don't find the humor in it. It's not because I think it's like he's doing anything wrong, but it's just like I don't know. It just feels so weird. It's like can you imagine just being on like a street in New York and just having Sean Avery come up and yell in your face? Like, it's like all right, see ya. Like, are you gonna hit me? Like, I don't know what what comes next. Like, what comes to this video? Like, congrats on your clicks. I guess I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm kind of over the Avery thing. Yeah, I don't need it in my life. I'm good. Yeah, I, just, I got enough other things going on where I'm fine without uh without Sean Avery. I, I, look, I could watch him Ooga Booga Boogieing Uncle Daddy every day for the rest 100%. of my life. And I'd, I'd be a happy man for it. But I, I don't need to worry about Sean Avery now that he's not playing hockey. It's, it's really that. There was a time he's, he's not the, where Sean Avery was like one of the guests I would have loved to have. Like I probably would have done most anything to have Sean Avery on this podcast. And now that I, like, I watched him on social media a lot, I feel like I've turned similar to you guys where like, was you used to host a show and we try and get people on. Like it's it's a little hard. You can send emails, people respond, but like he's flamed podcasts. It feels like he's listened to this one time, or maybe you even like when you when you were around too, because he's come on and been like, I'm gonna start my own podcast because all the other podcasts fucking suck. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. Can you come on and just defend yourself? Like I would love to talk <laughs> or, to you. And you and you can promote your show. Like I don't care. Yeah, like, you just promote come your on show the whole time. I just want to talk yeah. to you. You can call me a little twerp who's never played the game and say all these nasty things for me, and you're, and it's probably all true. But, like, I he was, like, one of the Mount Rushmore of guests. Like, obviously guests I would love to have on this podcast in no particular order. Mark Messier, I would love to have Davidson on. Like, Sam uh, Sam Rosen would be another one. Like, a, a lot of those would be, like, amazing guests I would love to interview who have been part of Rangers culture. And Sean Avery was one of those people. And now it just feels like he's trying to be relevant when his time is over. And I, I just yeah. don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, I don't know if Sean Avery wants to 
come on this podcast. He's still very welcome. Yeah, he's welcome. Podcast. I'm seriously, he's definitely welcome. But I don't want it as much as I used to is where I'm at. But now it's like attuned to a different thing where if he does come on, where I feel like you guys almost kind of have to flame him for it. Like you guys kind of have to like go to bat and just be like, look at like, this is kind of lame. And then he's going to like, uh, th- I think that's where it would come. Like, that's where it would be interesting. Like to be like, dude, like why? Like well, just explain yourself. Like, well, do you get joy out of it? Do you get off doing it? Like, I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a very strange yeah. situation. And I just, I don't get it, Avery. But come on and defend yourself. Someone's had him. <laughs> Can't believe these guys were talking shit about Avery on Blue Shirts Break. Someone tweet him. Someone will. Um, <laughs> someone will. Someone will. Uh, I wanted to uh, kind of get your opinion really quick, Woj, on, since we haven't spoken to you. And this is a popular question. I feel like we've gotten a lot on, on this show. And, and do you think there's any chance that Jack Hughes doesn't go first? No, uh, there was a slight period. Like I honestly got sucked into the world, the juniors hype or whatever. And not just because I thought of just what he did in that tournament, but just Kako just looks so fucking dominant. Um, but no, I, I've kind of settled in. I, I don't think there's any chance that they don't take it risk on Hughes. Like, like it's going to be one of those things where no matter what happens. And I, I, I think, I mean, actually I can't say it, but Ryan, you've definitely talked about it. It was like, we're like, whatever happens, happens. Like you can't cherish or like right. be envious of what other teams have. And that's exactly how I feel is like, no matter what happens, that's how, always going to be the mentality for people is like, so I feel like that's like part of the devil's like, he was an unbelievable player. He, they absolutely should go first overall. And it's just one of those things where like, you can't be the devils and pass on Hughes. And I, I don't know if it's a pass because Kako is just as worthy, but technically pass on Hughes who has been the number one rated prospect for as long as I've heard about this draft. And then have him go to your rival team across the way and have him light it up as your number one center for the next decade. And then, you know, you you have Kako who could be good as well, but it's always going to be a what if scenario. Like what if the devils had taken Hughes and paired him with Hall and you know, the rest would be history. So no, I'm pretty comfortably set to that Kako is coming on June 21st. It's just a matter of uh, when, or if no matter when, not it at this the, point, the day he dons the sweater. I agree. Yes. Uh, phrase B and it, it'll, it'll be a very interesting, phrase, phrase it'll be a very interesting situation. Cause I think forever these two players are going to be linked together. Every single article on The Athletic has been like – there was one article which I feel like uh, baited me really hard, uh, click-baited me rather for the for the millennials out there, uh, where they talked about like, what if Jack Hughes and uh, and Capo Caco learned at Worlds? And really it was like 5,000 words on what – talking about Hughes and how great he is. And like and also Caco had a good Worlds. That was the whole article. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I can't read about Caco anywhere because no one has any information on him, But even, despite him being very good. Yeah, all, every mock draft I read to and all, like, I would say, like, the experts are, like, everybody has them going, like, who's going first. Like, it's just, like, one of those things where it, even, like, that dude, that the, the Devil's tweets, they had that weird tweet where they had, like, the, they showed, like, the clip of, like, all their front office people just staring at them. And they even, like, posted their own screenshots. And that, that's just to me, like, I know Kako wasn't there at Worlds but when they were in Buffalo or whatever, the combine when they were in Buffalo. Yeah. But just that interview alone they posted from Buffalo where, like, uh, Ray Shero just looked like he wanted to face fuck Jack Hughes. Shero looked like like Jack Hughes was Thanksgiving dinner and he hadn't eaten in three days. It was like 100%. unbelievable. <laughs> like that's their guy. Like that that picture in that video. Like they could try to like like trick us all they want. I, and I will say, like I, I genuinely will say, if if on June twenty first, if uh, Kako's name gets called first overall, I generally at this point I would be stunned, like almost like jaw drop. Won't be upset, like I got. I mean, what, we're going one or two at that point, and either way, I feel like it works out for both teams. It's just a matter of what, you know what you want now versus in the future. But yeah, I I, I think Kako is coming home. I, I really do. He's coming to Broadway. The only downside of Jack Hughes, and seriously, of, of everything I've watched and seen, is his size, right? Like, and but we've had That's, small yeah. we've had small players succeed before. 
it's not like uh, the MVP of the league this year is very tall in Kucherov. So I- I'm curious as to see uh, how Jack Hughes translates to the NHL, but he will be a phenomenal player. Everything I've read has been like, he scores like every goal, every five seconds. So we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> anything else we want to talk about with Woj, my friend Gregory? Oh, you'll be. Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, yeah, I know. You, you'll be attending the draft party I saw on the Twitters. I will be. Yeah, I'll be at MSG for the third, fourth time, third time in my life. I, uh, I, I don't think I'll be able to make it, but um, uh, I, I hope you, uh, you hug everyone and say hello for us. Uh, uh, how's everything going on on the Twitch front and all that? I mean, you know, it's here and there. Uh, honestly, like I give all credit to the dudes who do this like consistently because there's just some nights where like I get home, like I work a weird schedule. So like there's some nights where I don't get home to like 830 and like, you know, I want to spend time with the puppy now and stuff yep. and the girlfriend and shit like that. Yep. So it's just like, it's just like one of those things where like the guys who can commit to this, it's a full-time job. Like if you actually want to like do it, it, it literally is like, you have to treat it like a full-time job. And that was never my intention going in. Yeah. But even then, man, like I would just come home and I'd just be gassed. I'm like, I don't want to sit in front of the camera. Like I'm just so tired. So I don't know. It's just like a sporadic thing at this point. Like I'll, I if it. I'm playing, I'll, I'll pop it on. But yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's there, still going. There are plenty of times where I talk to Ryan once a week and there are just Mondays where I don't want to fucking talk to Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we still do it, even though we hate it. <laughs> but the only the only way I grit my teeth through it, it's just like you, it's once a week, you fucking moron. Just get, just do it. Yeah, you, gotta, you just uh, gotta do it once. I agree with you on the Twitch stream thing. I did a stream a couple weeks ago on a Tuesday, just played some magic or some nerd shit. What I, I plan on doing again. It's just fun to do. I got to talk to some people from our Discord and some supporters and such like that. But by like hour three, you're like, oh my god, this yeah, is yeah, terrible. I'm exhausted. Yeah, and uh, I'm sweating. That being, I sweat when I play. I, I, I was thinking this weekend, I, I, I made a little trip to Montreal, Montreal, and uh, I uh, love it there, by the way. I want to talk about poutine in a second, but I, let's skip that. Hold, put that on hold. Uh, I've been thinking about doing a 24-hour stream similar to what I did to raise money for Puerto Rico again, but I can't really ever I, – I want to find the appropriate uh, like charity to work with. It's so strange. Mm. I want to find the right one. I feel like Puerto Rico, I had a real connection to it. So I'm waiting for the moment to strike me. And if anyone has charity, like, like, uh, I, I even get GoFundMes of like some serious shit that's going on. I'd rather do something for that. I'm, I'm trying to schedule something later in the summer or even in the fall, do a 24 hour stream and do a fundraiser again. I, I feel like that was a really good cause. We raised a lot of money. It was a great thing. To Putin. What's the, what's the oh. one thing, what's the one thing you can do for 24 straight hours that you don't think you'd get tired doing? Slay the Because for me, like the only thing, the only thing I can think of doing for 24 straight hours where I want to get tired is like sitting in a strip club. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I know on, that about if, you, Gregory. Because <laughs> it was. If, if I, you want to put a stream on me sitting at a strip club, I can, we can we can talk. Ben, ben, that sounds like a good time for everybody involved. Speaking <laughs> of, speaking of Montreal, been with you there for three days. Didn't really see you at all those three days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, if you needed to find me, you knew exactly where I was. I was at Cafe Cleopatra, probably from like the hours of yeah. nine p.m. to three a.m. Well aware Have of the time. Yeah, well aware of where you were. Uh, I have you, no regrets. You asked where I was for the our nerdy listeners out there who may own a Nintendo switch or a pc there is a game called slay the spire that has come out this week it is a card building deck like any roguelike game that i've played over 500 hours that i've gotten other 12 other people to play over 100 hours of if you're anywhere interested in it, it just came out for the switch check it out it's amazing and that's what i've been playing for 20 uh, 24 hours on that stream um let's talk about poutine i need to talk about poutine because it's something that's on my mind a lot and it's an amazing dish now maybe up by you in buffalo you have a better poutine but have you found that your poutine is lacking Woj, because Poutine in New York City and other everywhere else I've eaten it comparatively to Canada poutine has been a serious disappointment. And I don't know how I can get every single type of food in New York City at the best and highest level when I can't get poutine 
or good poutine at all, and I have to go to Poutineville in Montreal to have a out-of-world experience of poutine in my mouth. Yeah, we actually have a spot in Buffalo. It's called Poutine and Cream, and it might be the weirdest combo, but they literally do only poutine and ice cream, and that's their literally entire menu. Is it. You have like different types of poutine and different types of ice cream. Try not to get sexual on the podcast. Very turned on right now. It's, it's very erotic because they don't just have like normal poutine either, which their classic poutine, very good. But they also have like, you know, like buffalo chicken poutine, like, you know, uh, waffle. Like they have like different style of poutine where you're not just eating, you know, gravy and thing. I love poutine, huge poutine guy. Um, we do have some good spots. Like we have a lot that are hit and miss, like a lot like where like I'll order it. And it's, it should just be a simple concept. Like it's not hard, but somehow some of these places just fuck it up so bad. It really depends on the quality of the fries, the quality of the cheese curds, and like the, the texture of the gravy. Like it's, it's those three things that just make it. Because once you put them all together, it's just magic on a plate. It's true. So as long as you hit, as long as you put them together in like, I would say even two out of three are super good. Like if you can give me like if, if I can like say like okay the fries weren't maybe the best but like the gravy and the cheese curds were hitting like that's that's all it is for poutine like it, it's a simple dish but yeah we have we have some good spots if you ever come when you come for a Bills game I'll take you to poutine we're and definitely doing Bills and I'll let you try guarantee yeah. John gonna see Josh Allen in person uh, yeah and at Poutineville in Montreal you can add so many ridiculous things you could add corn dog peas and guacamole that's insane <laughs> and that's what I did by the way um so <laughs> at one a.m. and uh, weed is also legal in Canada for those who are wondering. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And Greg, do you have, I know you are uh, a sort of a picky eater at some point, so I don't know how your poutine mm. uh, experience has been. Uh, limited? Yeah, limited. I Got think you. the only poutine I had is when I picked off your plate when we were in Montreal. I've never, I've definitely <laughs> never ordered it for myself. Yeah, we got to change that one day. Um, what was there anything else you want to get to before we let you go? Oh, I mean, that's it. Thank you guys for having me on again. Always a fucking pleasure. I haven't cursed in a while. Felt appropriate. Um, yeah, I say you guys. You guys have kept it like under wraps. Are you guys okay? I don't know. Cavill- I think. I think like we've just been more professional, like on accident. I don't like. It's not a. Like, yes, we've been. We've been. We've been more professional. Go back to the first ten minutes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any mega mega updates? Uh, come on, you would know if there was a mega update. However, I did. I did do the. Uh, I did do the sneaky. Uh, back asward way. I I made a Snapchat story to see when. Oh. She used- oh. Oh. All right. Stay tuned. Uh, Woj actually knows what the surprise project is. It comes out next week. I'm very excited for you all to see it. Stay tuned and follow us on Twitter. Uh, you're still Woj GSN, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm O Ryan Mead. O H Ryan Mead. I will be revealing the project next Tuesday morning. And uh, Gregory's bullshit break, and I'm sure he'll do a mega update tomorrow. So if you want to follow us, that's where to find us. Anything else you want to plug, Woj, before you get it, get going? No, no. If you have the draft party, come say hello, buy me a beer, you know, whatever you want. Dope, dope, dope. All right. I love (laughs) both of you. uh, And uh, we will come next week with a lot of very good podcasts. All right. Here we go. (laughs) Bye-bye, everyone. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.